Who are we? That's one secret we'll always tell. You really love us. XOXO. Gossip Guys. Gossip Guys here, your one and only podcast delving into the scandalous lives of Manhattan's elite. And welcome to Season 1, Episode 16 of Gossip Guys Max. Chasing Summer, Part 2. Charlie says. It's like Simon says, get it? Not really. Yeah, I mean, I got it. <laughs> I got it. You know, I wasn't like, I wasn't really like looking that deep into the movie. You know, I, I got it. Well, it's not, it's not even, it's, it's actually more, it's more that every word that comes out of Lulu, Sadie, and, and Katie's mouth is Charlie says this, Charlie says that, and that's, and yeah, that's, they were uh, under his they, they were indeed. Uh, so we are, everyone, talking about the 2018 film, Charlie Says, which stars who, Aaron? Who does it star? Uh, uh, Chase Crawford? What does he, who does he play? Tex Winter. Watson. Watson. Who's Tex Winter? That sounds very familiar. <laughs> oh, from the Bulls. Oh. <laughs> Tex Winter, that's right. He 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 was the one of like the triangle offense. Yeah, triangle offense. Yeah. That's really funny. Uh, yeah, way different. Way different. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think guy. I Chase. I think makes a better Tex Watson than Tex Winter. Can you imagine Chase being like an X and X's and O's basketball coach? <laughs> oh no, I couldn't. Oh, Chase. Well, also, He's a really good looking guy, Chase Crawford. I just can't imagine him being old. You know. No, yeah, he doesn't age. He looks great, uh, but and we uh, he's he's not in this movie that much. But he, well, at the very beginning of this movie, I was like, oh yeah, Chase is gone, and I didn't know if he'd ever come back because we had sort of. Well, actually, first before we go further in, Charlie says is on Showtime. So sign up for a free trial. Take your mom and dad's cable. Do whatever you need to do, or if you have Showtime, because uh, you know you're just now getting to Twin Peaks: The Return, which stars Vanessa. And by stars, stars is in quote. She shows up, and I think she has like one line. Um, oh, that's, that's like Chase Crawford. Chase yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and they're and they're friends. We know, we know they're friends, which is great. Uh, so, and 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 also, we are hoping to watch another Chase movie that's on Showtime, so you could double dip uh, with Nighthawks. That's uh. That one might be a little bit farther out of your free trial, but watch them both now, and then we'll get to it in a couple weeks. Uh, but anyway, now that that's out, back to Chase disappearing in this movie. Uh, well, he was in the beginning, so I'm like, right. oh, right, Chase is in the beginning, he's in this movie, you know, it's, it's like it's a good meaty role for him, maybe it's, it's a good show, but it's a good range. No. Not, not until the end. That we get we get a glimmer because yeah I'm I wrote what what did I write I just like well at the beginning honestly I couldn't even really hear what he was saying like I didn't hear what he was saying he was very mumbly and it was sort of like he was afraid to I don't know I guess text is like that part was like after meeting Charlie after the murders it was so like dark and dreary that just the beginning right and it was it took well the movie starts right after the La Bianca murders. Uh, with, I mean, Lulu's our main character, Hannah Murphy, uh, or Murray, uh, who is Gilly from Game of Thrones. Yes, that's who it was. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, we start, we start there. Then we go three years later to prison where it picks up with the Manson girls, uh, in, you know, death row, basically, even though they're not going to be killed, but that's just where they put them. Uh, and then it's sort of back and forth, but Tex is very, I mean, he's on the fringe. He's part of in the background. There is a, he does get a big sort of orgy scene, Aaron. Uh, you know, he's, he's bad at head. Um, and, yeah, but, I feel like that's what they kicked him out for. I was like, that's like, where'd he go? They, well, like, they introduce him, or they, like, at one point, I think it was Katie, or it might have been Sadie, I forget. Uh, I think it was Katie, when they're, when she was introducing Lulu to, like, the grounds of Spawn Ranch, she sort of, they pass text, and he's like, and she's like, oh, yeah, he doesn't have awareness yet. You know, he still hasn't killed his ego. Um, and so it was sort of like, that, well, that needed to happen, quote-unquote, and that's where he sort of, he goes, he actually literally, Tex leaves the, you know, the cult, yeah. and then comes back having, having, I guess, gotten awareness and uh, killed his ego, but, I mean, we all know that's all bullshit. Um, I mean, that's what he spoke about in the end when he came back. Through the acid, he essentially killed his ego. Yes, and uh, it's... It's all about ego and, and the killing of it, which there, there, is, there is something to be said for that. But when it's coming from the guy who has the biggest ego, maybe, well, aside from our current president, you know, like, like Charles Manson is all ego. So it's hilarious when he's saying to people to get rid of <laughs> his ego. Um, would you what would you think if someone's telling you you're bad at head and then you had to do it in front of everyone? I guess because sex isn't a big deal, but like. Charles Manson's fucking telling you to do that. Ugh. Yeah, I think it's weird all around. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have, I mean, but that's what most, you know, cult leaders right. and people like that are. They are, you know, you can't have this, so no, I can have it. Right. You know, I, I, I'm the only one that can have the ego. That's why you have to get rid of it. And that's how, you know, they... That's how he dominates them, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, and he obviously was one of the best ever at doing that to people. Uh, and we sort of, we see most, I think most, you know, documentaries or podcasts or films focus on Charles Manson. Uh, and this one focuses more on the girls and, and specifically Lulu because it's based on a book written by, well, two books actually. Uh, yeah. One written by Carlene Faith, who is one of the characters in the book. She, uh, Merritt Weaver who, uh, yes. she's a, she's a great actress, uh, who's, I love great. yeah. And then, uh, and she's, you know, she's, she's a teacher in, in, in the, in the movie, Carlene Faith, who teaches the, the Manson women, uh, basically about the real world after escaping it for multiple years and, and doing horrible, horrible things. Um, yes. Well, it's okay to live on a ranch, but not how they did. Yeah. (laughs) I like it, but it's like, no, you can't live on ranches. That's the takeaway. (laughs) Uh, It's not the way that they were. um, Yes, exactly. Did we we miss out on the 60s? Say that again? Did we miss out on the 60s? Well, I don't think we missed out on on 1969. I think, I mean, I don't think anyone wants to be there, but if there's any time that reminds me of that time, it's right now that we're living right now. Like when, when the, when the women were saying how they, you know, felt like something was going to happen 
and and that's why Charles, you know, Charles Manson, you know, preyed on that and made up his, you know, crazy conspiracy about, you know, the bottomless pit and the race wars and all this stuff. Uh, I mean, would you, wouldn't you say you have that same feeling right now that like some, it feels like, I mean, we are in history. Bubble over, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Uh, are you digging your bottomless pit to, to wait it out? Yeah, I'm, I'm in a foxhole. <laughs> I don't like, foxhole's not big enough. <laughs> I'm just keep digging until no one can find me, and it just, it all passes, and then I come out of the quantum realm like Ant-Man, <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell just happened? And you save us from Thanos? Thanos? <laughs> yeah, and I get really angry at like a kid that's on a bike. What happened, man? It's not the kid's fault. But, yeah. You know? It's, well, it's that's, not, it's we gotta, not... We gotta wait it out, man. Just see who's left. No, we can't wait it out, because that's, like, we gotta be, we gotta be on the right side, like, we gotta hopefully avoid whatever that bubbling over means, because that sounds, I mean, sounds like war <laughs> to me, uh, or, 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 you know, something terrible. Uh, and I mean, we're, we're getting, I think, hot spots of that. Uh, but you know, we need to keep standing up to the injustices and stuff like that. But that's not, let's, let's go to, let's go to Matt Smith, who plays Charles Manson. What do you think? What that do you think? That was makeup on him, right? Cause like, I wish he just, it was like his eyes were like very inside his face, I felt. <laughs> What? You know, um, is that like when they would do a close up on the Charlie Manson character, they just seem like there is a good, like almost like a mask, like Mrs. Doubtfire, that thick of makeup. That because it's like his, his eyes felt so deep inside his face. Interesting. I I didn't notice about the eyes being deep into his face, but I I noticed. I mean, I had a couple notes on Matt Smith. One, he's just way too tall to be Charles Manson, uh, who's five two, uh, yeah. and I think Matt Smith's like six five or something. Um, or at least he's six feet tall or something. He's like a very lanky guy. Uh, he's one of the, you know, one of the doctors. Everyone knows that. Not everyone, but, um, what for me, the eyes I actually had a note on, but it was just like, he has such kind eyes, Matt Smith. And I was just like, and it didn't, well, at first I was like, I don't think that works because there's nothing kind about Charles Manson. But then I'm like, wait, the kind eyes could be how he sort of. That's how you suck him Right, in. exactly. And so I was like, oh, you know, maybe that works. I didn't, I don't know if I ever believed sort of the dark side to, to Matt Smith as Ch- Charlie Manson, which he obviously has. So I, I, I wasn't sure on the casting part for him. Uh, he, he didn't, I don't know if he had the voice that I wanted either. I, I don't know. Um. I think it was an interesting choice to choose, like, who's normally, like, a goofy Brit to be, you know, Charlie Manson. Uh, and it's not like he was, like, yeah, I think the movie's good, but I don't know if it's, it's sort of, it's uh, it's, classic, no. it doesn't it's move. It's a lot better than Eloise. It's a lot better than Eloise. Right. It, it is, it is the best chase movie we've seen, probably. Uh, no, the bar is low, but I, it's good, but it doesn't move the needle, you know? I was it sort of. It doesn't do anything. Like, I, I. I understand the story that they wanted to tell. They wanted to tell the point of view of the women, their rehabilitation, and and I see that. I don't know. I didn't understand why the focus is on Lulu. 
that I wasn't sure about. I could never, I never could wrap my head around that. Well, I think um, it's because Lulu was probably the main. I think she was the one who had maybe the the biggest arc in terms of like coming to grips with it. I think in real life, and also I think with Carlene, yeah. and Carlene, I think had the be- the best relationship with her. So I think that's sort of, and that's based on one of the books that she wrote. So I think it's probably from that, and they they wanted to choose one. I think. Uh, yeah. And I think that made uh, sense. But yeah, there was really nothing new about the story. There was nothing really new about the characters that you learned about the people. Um, I think, yeah, I think for me it was like I really want to see this story about the rehabilitation and also the sort of the, the thesis of the movie is that these women are victims and that yes. uh, and 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 I, that's true, absolutely true. I mean, they were these were these were girls. They were kids. They were starved, drugged, battered, abused. They were manipulated, brainwashed. They right, were, raped, you like you know. And, and and so like I, I like like that as like okay we're trying to get to there and get to them sort of coming to grips with what they've done and sort of and we see that uh, but I think the movie loses itself and it's hard not to because everyone want, you know when you open up a Charles Manson movie you're expecting to see the Tate murders you're expecting to see the lobby like you you sort of you want to see all the different characters you want to see Bobby. Uh, uh, Beaujolais, you want to see you, you want to see uh, Dennis Wilson. You want to see all these people, uh, you know, and because it's such a famous story, it's like a myth almost at this point. And it's sort of I think the movie because of that feels like it needs to hit those boxes. But then it's like I think it sort of takes away from their journey. I don't. I'm, I'm not sure. It's it tries to frame these events as being like, oh, this is what led them on the way. But it's more of like, ooh, I have this memory. And then we just see it. I, I, yeah, I don't know. There's, some, I think something's lost in translation there. Um, yeah, I, I just, it was, they, I, I'm not sure what they were trying to just tell us. Because even though, yes, they, they are victims, it's still very hard to, to feel bad for them, you know? It's very hard to feel bad for a killer. I think that's, what they're tr- they want you to feel some sympathy towards that. Well, right. It's not it's not black and white. Is the the main and that's yeah. life isn't and that's you know if we can admit and that. I think that's, yeah. I think that's what is missing. Like you don't really feel for these characters. You don't really like and you know the story. So it's just it, there. It's very hard to to do something so different. And I think the only difference is was this point of view. Which hadn't been seen, which was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, and again, you know, you know me. I like my celebrity death and celebrity murders. So yeah, I do want to see more of that. So I think. Well, I mean, and, and so do I. You know, because I, I'm into like I'm sort of more new to the, uh, you know, new to being interested in it. But I mean, the you must remember this podcast does an amazing series on Charles Manson. I think everyone, uh, you know, I recommend if anyone wants to know more about sort of his ins and outs in Hollywood and, and how it just connects to everything. Uh, it's really well done. Yeah, yeah um, like, I think I texted you when I was watching. He's the Joker. He, uh, well, the, he, essentially the Joker where he couldn't make it at, in, in Hollywood, and I, it angered him. And that's what, not only was so, and that's, I think that was more, that was the catalyst for it. You know, he was not mentally okay. 
Oh, yeah, he had... I mean, society fucked Charles Manson just like it's fucked so many people. Uh, you know, not that we're going to blame society. It's, he did it. Yeah. Right. That Joker rejection was, was, was a big turning point for him. No, yeah, absolutely. And then, and then the Terry Melcher, when, when he basically, you know, rejected him there, and it was sort of the dream of the being the fifth Beatle uh, was over, uh, it, was, it was time to get violent time. Uh, yeah, which is, you know, yeah, I think that's, I think that is exactly sort of what he, what he was. Um, someone who was, I mean, he was rejected by his father, his parents, his society, you know, and whatever, but then he thought he could, you know, be a, a, a rock star and he was sort of oblivious to like, he was mediocre, you know, at best. Uh, but he, he did have a talent and that was sort of his way of talking and manipulating people, and that that can sort of obviously that that's intoxicating, especially when you're. I mean, he's on so much drugs, Aaron. So many drugs. So much. Uh, I think that's and that's that's like that's how you get the stamina to keep talking. <laughs> I. Like, yeah. Like that's just it's, you're talking so much. I don't have that stamina. I can't manipulate your brainwash. I don't have the time for it. <laughs> you have to really invest in that. I, I like to talk, but I don't think I have that stamina or the. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to manipulate. You know. Well. We didn't get LSD, man. We missed it. We. I mean, I've had LSD. You haven't had LSD. No. Where did you get LSD? Oh, where? I mean, just in in the forest. Uh, but like, it doesn't. I I would have had to take a. You have to take so much LSD to like listen to. It's like it's like a daily dose. Right. And, and in like, but I was listening to the white album today before our, our ep, like episode. And it's just like the amount of drugs you have to take to like, listen to that and think it's some sort of like guide to the apocalypse is insane. Like, like it has so many silly songs on it that like have like, I mean, it's, it's an amazing album, but it's just like, there's so many where it's just like, there's no deeper meaning here or hidden message. It's just like, Oh, Oh, well, but it's, you yeah, know, it's all right there. I mean, uh, Back in the USSR. Right, which that's one of my favorites. I was going to ask if we wanted to rank all the songs, but there's a lot of songs. I didn't get through them all it's today. A, it's like a double album. Yeah, it is a double album, but I think Blackbird might be uh, one of the faves. Back in the USSR is one of the faves. I don't know. So, there's, oh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. I don't know. It's a, it's a, a great listen. Uh, have you read Joan Didion's White Album? I have not. Oh, highly recommend that. I actually... Yeah, I think I read that this year, uh, or like, and it's like before or after quarantine, it's all, who knows, <laughs> um, but it would have been before, um, but yeah, it's like, a, you know, a book of essays, but like, one of the main ones is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's called White Album for a reason, obviously, it's talking about Manson, and she visits the Manson women, and I, I forget if Lulu's her, the person that she sort of connects with too, uh, but that's, so it's sort of, I mean, there's there's more, I think, style and substance in her essay than this movie, probably. Um, but I... Let's see. Um, yeah, I wrote down... Let's see. Where's Chase? And, like, and then I was just like... I, I was wondering, like, this is sort of why we're chasing Summer, right? This is why we're here. We're trying to find yeah. Chase. Where 
was to like see Chase and they really tease you with Chase. They give you a little bit at the beginning and you're like, oh, I'm going to Chase. And then Chase leaves. <laughs> Chase comes back. And he, but he, yeah, he had to, to, uh, kill the past to become who he really is. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's only now. Uh, and. And he burned his ID, you know, just in case. Yeah, that was a big moment. For some reason, it was like, oh, we have to see this entire thing burn. Like, we got it. There's no, there were no digital records back then, man. That was it. He, was, he wasn't anyone anymore. Oh, yeah, that worked. It's not like when they found him and took him to prison, they had no idea who he was. <laughs> That's all you had to do. You're off the grid. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I... Uh, what, what's your Manson name, Aaron? No, I know. We, that, that's that's not a good area to go in. Um, but I think I think what we're sort of circling is that Chase and I mean in this one obviously there's a story point. Like that's why there's a reason he goes. It's it's not Chase's fault. But I think even in some of the other projects that we've watched with Chase, he has a tendency to f- f- recede in the background. Like Tex in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does not do that, you know. Or in other times I've I've seen depictions of text or when I've heard the real guys speak, I, I it, like it didn't, that didn't sort of jive, but it's also like in, in gossip girl, as the show went on, Nate sort of takes a back seat. Right. And it just sort of seems to naturally happen to chase that he sort of is put to the side or to the background. Do you, uh, I mean, I know you feel the same way, but like, what do you, or you've noticed the same thing, but what do you think about that? Or, or why do you think that is? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out what happens when, you know, they're like, oh, Chase is great, Chase is awesome, and then it's like, what, what does Chase, what's Chase doing that's making him, or they're putting him in the background, what's he doing? He's got to be doing something. What's he doing wrong? Or, or is it just that he's just sort of been in things where other people rise to the occasion? Or, or you know, and he's sort of like a really good supporting character that, like, helps these people, you know, become stars. Although, I don't know, when you're watching season one, you're not like, oh, Chase Crawford really, you know, is is helping out Leighton Meester, you know, break out. No, I don't think uh, and, and it's the same, you know. Yeah, and same with, you know, Blake Lively. It's sort of, they do that on their own. I don't, like, um, I could see, yeah, and same with sort of Ed Westwick, too, in terms of, um, I guess... I think well, it is. Here's, here's the thing. Yeah. I think what it comes down to is just Chase really has no range. And I, I, as good as he is, and he's good. He's a good Chase, a good persona, and a good white male. And, <laughs> but, but that, and that's what he he is, and he he is. He's fine at that, you know, and he should just be able to play that. And even when he did this monologue, he, he does this monologue in the car. Right. And it's about the, where he was and the acid he did. What was it called? Orange something? It was special acid. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, wa- I, 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 I actually rewound it. I wanted to watch it again. I wanted to watch Small Again because this is the only really, only really scene he had in the whole movie. So I wanted to watch it again because this is the whole point of this podcast is talking about Chase <laughs> and, and watching his things and and hopefully he doesn't get mad at us and we're just trying to help him. 
we're trying to figure out his way. <laughs> and he's got this monologue, and he does it well. And it's like, it's good. But there's just really no other emotion from him. He tries. He tries to make this with special acid. And we were invisible. And it just, it's, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if he has it. I think. I. I think I agree with you in terms of. Yeah, in terms of that monologue, I didn't rewatch it. It probably would have been good to do that because I had the same thing. I was like, oh, here we go. This is it. This is why we we tuned in, uh, and it was great. I was like, oh yeah, all right, we got a chase moment, and I did think it was good, but also it was sort of I think forgettable. You know, it's sort of like yeah, there there yeah. was only I think it's just there's one there's one lane or one level to it. Um, and, and, and I think he was sort of, yeah, I don't know. It's not like a scene, like that could be a very crunchy scene, right? I think, or like he can be as far out and weird as he wants to be, you know, I think in that scene or, or, you know, do play it different. And I don't like, I don't know. I don't know Tex Watson enough, the real guy to know if he was trying to mimic him or anything like that. Um, I do know that Chase is from Texas, so this isn't like out of his ballpark and it's not like the the accent isn't an issue or isn't a problem. Like I never thought that it was just sort of, he was mumbly at the beginning and that was sort of, I think maybe a, a conscious decision of like, you know, he's still in his shit, you know, he doesn't have awareness. Right. Isn't there yet. That's, that's, that, that, that I get. Uh, but like, um, like you were saying in, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, that was a memorable performance. I forget his name, but I've seen it before. Right. You know, um, well, that would, you know, there was energy in there. There's no energy coming from Chase. I mean, there there is, but it's sort of like just sort of the obligatory, of course you're going to be sort of angry or sort of like, you know, I guess it's sort of like an angry zen almost or like a, uh, I don't know, something like enlightenment, but like there's obviously some rage in him or something, you know, because he's about to go stab a bunch of people. So, yeah, like, is there, is there, like, he needed a couple Red Bulls before the scene. He needed, like, a push ups, you know, get the blood flow going, get the heart rate moving. It's just like he just doesn't seem like he just is, he's, I don't know if it's him not putting the effort or, or is it them, you know, keeping handcuffs on him and not letting him do what he does. Right. It might be, it might be both. I don't know. Like, I think when I, I remember when I was watching, I think a play or something, cause I was in an intro to acting class and I went with a friend and we were watching one of our classmates perform. And she said after of the friend we were watching, she was just like, oh yeah, he was just Larry. Uh, meaning he was just being himself, but like, it was sort of not in like a, he wasn't acting. He and I think sometimes that's good, but I think in this one it was just sort of like he's still Chase, and he's not Tex Watson. He hasn't. He, I don't think he has actually lost himself in the role. You know, I think he is reading the the lines of the script in his head in a way. It sort of feels like there's a next step there. There is the awakening that hasn't happened. Uh, does that make sense? Did I don't know. Uh, no, it does. It does. I think the awakening comes with the right role. I think the awakening comes with just making better choices. 
Or making making a choice, right? Like I don't. Maybe that's what it is. He's sort of riding the fence because he doesn't want to screw it up. Um, and it's sort of like he doesn't screw it up. And it's sort of like, oh, I want him to take a, you know, do do a a line read that is surprising. Be like, whoa, Chase, I didn't know you could talk like that. Um, maybe maybe it's maybe it isn't him. Maybe he's just not getting the offers that he should be getting, and that's 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 not helping. You know, and hopefully. The boys will will get him better material because uh, you know I understand um, I don't understand doing this movie for Chase like for Chase if it if it was this role the way it's if it was originally written this way and it's like two scenes I don't understand the reason for Chase to do it I understand the reason to do you know, the Warren Beatty movie, and then you get cut out, and things happen. You know, you know, if it was a small part in the first place, you, you know, that's, I didn't see a reason for this. You know, I understand the reason for Eloise, it probably, you know, paid him some money. Well, I, I think also that, I think that movie sort of got changed a lot from when he first signed on, you know? Yeah, uh, he was also the star of it, so he, you know. Right. And, you know, this movies are cheap to make, and sometimes they make money, sometimes they I mean, I think this one was simple. Like, there's a reason we wanted to watch it. When we found out that he was in a Charles Manson movie and that he was Tex Watson, it was like, oh, cool. That's something new and different from Chase. And I think he had the same thought or hope. And then I don't know if it was the script or, you know, the, you know, the director, producers, whatever, or him or sort of a combination. But it was sort of like, yeah, we just saw Chase Crawford in a Charles Manson movie. We didn't really see Tex Watson, I don't think. Um, and, and, and yes, but I think, I think we, I mean, we want the best for him, obviously. So we, we sort of like just trying to, we're tracking his progress. I think there was glimmers of it in there, but, uh, I think, I think based on what I have seen from the boys, I'm, I'm hoping this will be like, you know, sort of the night and day. Like this was the, the, this is the all is lost moment in our journey of chasing summer here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and then we'll we'll find him, you know, back where we, he was all along, back home, you know, uh, in the Upper East Side. No, in, in you know, as Aquaman, basically. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, listen, I I I have no problem with Chase coming back for the reboot. He and I could see him coming back for the reboot. If anyone comes, it's this guy. I mean, it would be him. Do you think is that like would he become Rufus? Is that is that who he would be? I mean, I know he's only thirty, but like, is that sort of the lane he would be in? Like, would he is he turning into Matthew Settle? Uh, and I no 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 disrespect to Matthew Settle. I just no, I don't think he'd be Rufus. I don't. I, I, I he he'd probably be the mayor of New York New York by now. Oh, that's right, because he has sort of had that politics thing, yeah. and you know, everyone likes Chase. Everyone likes Nate. Um, and he, and he still, he did have moments where he did get corrupted, but I feel like he still like, he did, he wasn't like trip, you know, trip broke, you know, trip did get corrupted. And I, I could see, I could see Nate as this bridge between the, the older generation, the new generation. I could see it or, or, you know, they, you know, sort of when they're circling. He wasn't every man. And I think, uh, and so is Chase. So I, I think everybody just loves an every man, you know. He's like a young Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really big uh, compliment that I'm not sure he's <laughs> earned. Uh, <laughs> Without the 
<laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you're just saying that he's a he's a likable guy. He's a likable guy. Everybody likes Chase. But you know, he's sort of white bread, though. At the same time, I think at the, to this point, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Texas. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, the, the show did experiment and try to make him be a journalist, and that was sort of felt weird. Um, and it didn't... I don't think it was Nate's or Chase's fault. Like, it, you know, the material wasn't great, but it was just, like, so out of... It wasn't Nate, right? It, it, it's not like it was Chase's fault, because Chase is playing who Nate is, and Nate that's is... that's what they wanted to show you. They right. wanted to show you that Nate grew up. Nate was the one who, you know, never wanted to do this life, wanted to get out, wanted to be his own man. You know, and he was able to do that. And I'm hoping Chase can do that. I mean, yeah, me, me too. Me too. Um, do we... Actually, I think right now would be a great time to go to our sponsor. All right, let's, let's, let's go to our sponsor. <laughs> I just think the same thing, but it was like too late. I honestly think our episode's basically over. Yeah, I do, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, set. and we're back for you know a little, little we got a couple more nuggets left to, to yeah i think uh there was a, there was a little bit of the end the biker the biker comes back as a, a sort of a, a dream fantasy sequence here um how, how do you feel about that that revisionist history well so uh, and just to give context to the people that might not have seen it, there's a biker that Lulu sort of hooks up with, and he's very, like, loving toward her as as much as I guess anyone could be in this scenario. But he just he wants to take her away, and there's a scene, and about midway or not toward like I don't know, yeah, like sixty percent of the way of the movie yeah. where he comes back to try and take her away, like gives it basically gives her that out, like hey, come with me. I think it feels like they're holding you against your will. Like I can take you out of here and there's no strings attached. Like I just, you know, feel bad that you're here. Um, and, and then she says, no, she's happy here. And then we know what happens. She, you know, murders people. Yes. Although it sort of seems like they're already dead when she's stabbing. But, uh, anyway, so we, in the end of the movie, the bike we get to see sort of right after she like claims to have come to grips with oh shit what I what have I done she then goes and re rewrites that scene basically she sees the biker come and then she gets on the bike and drives it off, um, and I was unsure about that I didn't know if it fit with the theme of the movie, uh, I found it interesting because yeah just, I mean once upon a time in Hollywood the whole point of that is revisionist history the whole movie is a fairy tale yes the whole an alternate ending. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie came out before it. I, I, yes, it did not fit and I, I didn't like it and it just didn't, especially when it comes to like a true story, like, yes, it's completely different in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and that's the whole point of that movie. But this was so based on reality and then you have this like last minute scene of just like, what if? And honestly... To me, what if – I don't know. I don't know because I, I there is so much psychology of murderers and criminals. How do we know it wasn't always in these girls, you know? So it's like they still could have been murderers. Like it's just a what if. I don't know. I don't like it when it comes to like – 
trying to like make me feel something different that actually happened. Well, all right. I I, I think I, I pick up what you're saying. I I think we all have the ability to be murderers. You know, it just depends on what our circumstances is. How does it, how does it, yeah. How does, how do we snap? Yes, of course. So that's why I just, I'm not sure about this. What if it still could have happened somewhere else? I think my issue is it seems like a dramatic, like a dramatization. And it does, like, I have no idea. It, I don't think that's a real thing that happened. Like the biker plot. Yes. You know, I know, I know the, I know the what if scene never happened, but like the, the biker saying like, Oh, please come with me. I, I, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not. An expert. Well, I would, I mean, I would assume that it is kind of true if she told, if it's based on this book and what she learned from these women teaching them. So maybe she told them this story. She told her this story. So it, maybe it felt more, it felt to me like sort of a little bit of taking some liberties to okay, yeah. you know, get to that end. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there, I think it doesn't really matter because I'm sure there were many opportunities that Lulu could have left the ranch or, you know, not have, not have even yeah. gone to it in the first place. It just wasn't a movie about revisionist history. Well, it just, but it's a movie about coming to groups with what you've done and then once she has done that, and that's sort of the end of the movie, her first instinct is sort of to hope to rewrite it. And that does, I do feel that because whenever I have some regrets, I do the same thing. I replay it and I try it. Yeah, but you didn't murder anybody, bro. You didn't murder anybody. Well, no, I know. But I'm just saying it's a very natural thing for someone to do is to to go in your head. It's not saying, the movie, it's not like we watch it and we're like, oh, that's what happened. Or it's not saying. Yeah, it's that, you know, it's every everything, everything has its mistakes and everything you do in life has a woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. What are you going to do? I think, I think more of it is it's like the way it's framed. It's almost like another man's trying to save her, you know? And it's just like, no, that's not, that's not what the, the movie was about. Cause it was about Lulu and you know, these women coming to grips with it together. And, you know, they're reading feminist books and trying to, you know, figure out, what has happened to them and then sort of it ends with this fantasy fairy tale of a man taking her away and yes there's a line where he says you know he says that like i'm not you know here to save you or i'm not you know there's no it's not like she's going to another charles manson but at yeah. the same time it's still like some dude on a bike that she has to go with like she she didn't you know i would have much rather see her do the scene where she just walks out herself you know after you know see her talk back to charles manson see her or the women you know, fight back or leave the ranch like that. If we're going to go, if we're going to do a, a revisionist history or a, <laughs> it's a different movie. That's exactly, that's just a different movie then. But that, that's, that, that it feels more like the movie that this wanted to be where it's sort of, cause it's, it's focusing on the women, but then the fantasy that it ends with is about this sort of man savior thing. So it like, it's, and that it doesn't feel, I mean, maybe, and maybe it's because it was based on fact. So that's why they chose it. But it just, I, yeah, it did feel just out of joint, disjointed, and uh, I, it's not, I, I wasn't sort of, you know, mad at the attempt. It just didn't, I don't think it fit or worked. Uh, and sort of, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but I think it's, I guess it's just a natural thing. I mean, Quentin Tarantino and uh, the director here, Mary Heron, I believe. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, both when they're looking at this thing, you know, two wildly different creative people, they both, you know, want to see a different ending. And I think that's, we we want to see a different ending yeah. in 2020. We want to see a different ending in a lot of different things right now. And then also with Chasing Summer, we want a different ending with Chase, right? We want we don't want him 
I want to stop chasing. I want him to be there. Right. And, but maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe you were looking too hard. But uh, he just, he just keeps going. He keeps going. Sees this in the rear view and he just drives off and we got to chase him. Cause, and the thing is, he doesn't know where he's going. And that's the problem. But so, do you need to? Yeah, you need to know where you're going. And the thing is, we might have to stop chasing if he doesn't know where he's going. We can't keep following someone who doesn't know where they're going. Well, it's, I mean, it's the perfect way to, like, make us go crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you don't know where you're going. But, like, what do you mean, like, where he has to know what performer he wants to be or what type of... Yeah, he has to know what... He has to start taking better roles, you know, especially for movies. I think... You know, uh, I see what he's doing. He's trying to take small roles and he's trying to get out of that good looking Upper East Side guy. But it's just it's it is what it is. And it works for him. And he's just got to figure it out. And just, he needs to like, here's the thing. We knew where he was going with blood and oil. It worked. It was Chase. And it was. It was a good move for Chase. But. I, he got tired of it and wanted something different because it probably got canceled and thought he could do something different. And now he's trying something different in these movies. But he's going too many directions. He's got to f- find a direction. Well, I mean, he's kind of... Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if, if it's sort of him choosing these roles or these are just the ones that are offered. And it's sort of like... Yeah. Not necessarily chicken or the egg, but it's sort of like... You know, we want range from Chase, but it's also like these are the only roles he gets. So it's not necessarily whether he doesn't have the range or not. It's just sort of he is sort of stuck in that loop or because he's been typecast or, you know, people don't give him the leash to, you know. Yeah, go they got you got to let, let let Chase do his thing. We got to let Chase go, you know, take the handcuffs off of Chase. Let him do his thing. I, he really needs a, a leading role of just a regular person, you know, a good, like something they offer Ben Affleck, but he can't do it. And it goes to chase. You can just keep hitting the Ben Affleck. Uh, it button. is. It's just, it, yeah, man, he's a good I mean, chase I Crawford. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, Ben Affleck, like, you know, with his Kevin Smith days and Goodwill hunting, like there's a lot more attitude and, and, and like, I've seen more attitude and comic timing from Ben Affleck to this point that I've seen from Chase, but I think The Boys is going to unlock that a little bit. Yes, I'm excited to watch The Boys. I want to see him do his thing. I want to see him be Aquaman. He's called The Deep. The Deep. Is that it? The Deep. Yeah. Um, Um, And I think we've we've probably gone deep enough uh, this week. Um, Yeah, Charlie says we went deep enough. Yeah, I, I don't know if we. I don't think. I mean, we didn't. I don't think we uncovered anything new. But that's neither. Neither did they. That was the. That was the. That's it. Neither did they. Yeah. Um. You know, we we sifted through the rocks. We sort of. We've sort of just been moving the rocks around. They haven't uncovered anything new, but we're just sort of moving them around. That's what it feels like. Um, we just gotta keep. We're gotta keep moving them. We just gotta keep moving them. Rocks. Gotta keep moving them. Just get them out of the way. It's like uh, you're digging for fossils. You just gotta keep digging. Keeps digging. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think, I think he, it's very similar to what we were talking about with Blake Lively a few years ago. I think, I think Blake Lively is a little bit further along on that journey and and has been given more leash and more different roles. 
and also I think it has, I mean, she just has, has graduated to a higher start level power and she sort of did almost immediately in the show, just like, uh, well, I think she, she has the highest of all, anyway. Yeah, how about, why don't we do like a, a rom-com with Blake Lively, Chase Crawford, and Ryan Reynolds? Well, we don't, do we, do we need to see the gossip? I mean, I know we like to say, oh, you know, bring all the gossip girl people together, but like, I don't know, that's not like, I mean, seen, we've seen... Uh, Chase and Blake Lively together already, but um, not in not in a meaty movie role for the both of them. You know, a good like rom com on Netflix. But like, I don't know. We and we already we already have a built in we have a built in audience for Gossip Girl, so Gossip Girl fans are gonna watch this movie. You know, and Blake Lively fans that have watched her movies and now are watching Gossip Girl again or watch this movie. I think we got something. Ryan Reynolds is. Uh, he doesn't need to work anymore because he sold his gin, but he's he'll work. He'll do it. But like, doesn't that sound just like I mean nostalgia? Like, because we're saying we want something new or we want to see you know Chase sort of arrive, but that pitch sounds like we just want Chase to do Gossip Girl again, but in a movie with Ryan Reynolds because then we know it'll probably be funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Like, like that doesn't to me that doesn't feel like like that doesn't seem like a great ceiling for chase if that's what we're if that's what we're envisioning it's like, better I, I, than eloise and charlie says he'd at least be a lead in the movie well i mean he's a, he's a lead in eloise <laughs> sure uh and no again I, I don't think i don't take any issue with him taking this this movie i think this is the right move for him it just didn't work out and it wasn't it wasn't the sort of different breakout role that i think he had hoped for no uh, no and we had hoped for so you know we'll keep trying and uh Next week we're gonna do the boys, and we're gonna start season, season one. Uh, and then, because uh, September fourth, I believe, uh, is when season two of the boys hits Amazon Prime. So we will do our best to get season two out as soon as possible. Either, I mean, probably after the date. Uh, we won't be as on top of it as you this time. Um, but. But yeah, we're. I, I mean, I'm excited for the boys. You're yeah, excited for the boys. I'm excited. Watch some a little bit. I've watched some. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, any any last thoughts? I think no, I think uh, I think that's it. Uh, where can uh, the people find you, Andrew? Uh, well, I'm you know wandering, chasing after <laughs> Chase here, uh, wandering green at Twitter and Instagram. It's with an e at the end on green. And you are at the worst. That is the W U R S S T. And that's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can find us at Gossip Guys Pod, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can email us at Gossip Guys Podcast at gmail.com. Rate us, subscribe. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple. We're Everywhere. On Apple, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on, uh, oh man. We're, we're everywhere, on, man. We're all over we're the place. On, we're on India's number one music platform, Indira, I think is what it's called, but I also might have just made that up. Um, no, it's like Guy, <laughs> fuck, never mind. I can't, I don't know. I'm, but we're I'm, everywhere, I'm, wherever you get your podcast, you can listen yes. to us, and we usually drop most Mondays. And uh, join us next week for our season finale, The Boys, season one. XOXO. Gossip, guys.
Perfect. Perfect episode. Nah, I think I think we sort of are scraping the barrel a little bit. Yeah, um, a little bit. But, but like, you know, it's not not a bad episode. We we talked about something for forty seven minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. Yeah, we did it. Yeah.